It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday and sometimes adding even more episodes to that as we had two emergency episodes this week as the Carolina Panthers. I don't know. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you missed it. (laughs) Not sure how it's possible. They signed Cam Newton. He's back. I didn't think it would ever happen. I even said never. I was bold. I was brazen. I was dismissive. Of all of you, I apologize for that, and I continue to apologize and ask that you please forgive me, but Cam Newton's back. We also talked about earlier this week, Sam Darnold with his uh, shoulder injury, a broken bone in his right shoulder, his throwing shoulder, which is going to put him on IR as timing of this taping. He's yet to have been put on IR, and Cam's yet to have been placed on the active roster for the Carolina Panthers, but those are things that happen. So when big breaking news happens with the Carolina Panthers, I'm right here to give you an emergency episode, but in the meantime, you can check the episodes out on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and typically when a 1 o'clock game occurs, 6 p.m. on Sundays, the episode for Monday morning is right there ready to go. As far as this Sunday, not quite sure. 4.05 game, I have to do my weekly TV spot with uh, my friend Nick Carboni of WCNC here in Charlotte at 8 o'clock, so probably won't be able to record until about 9 or 10 or so, so probably look for it late Sunday night, Monday morning. It'll be there. It'll be available at least by midnight Sunday, so make sure to check that out. And where you can find us, though, is Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe there. Also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts here across the Locked On Podcast Network. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can get my my reaction to all things Carolina Panthers. You can also tweet at me when I say dumb things like, Cam Newton will never come back to the Carolina Panthers. Go ahead, do it. Throw tomatoes at me. I'm eating crow. I've been eating it in the last 24 hours. Well, technically, I'm taping this still on Thursday, and I'm trying to just get my mind and thoughts together. But still, whenever you listen to this, I'm going to continue to eat crow. I actually had Bojangles to celebrate because Cam's back and he's kind of gotten a Bojangles mood. And I also had a uh, free coupon for the Bo's Chicken Sandwich. Thank you to uh, Greg Olson because I went to his thing, uh, Fit Fest, a couple weeks ago, and they gave away free Bo's Chicken Sandwich. Uh, coupons. So I cast that in to celebrate Cam Newton come back to Carolina. You can also follow me because you're going to want to do that for Fridays like today with a weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers and, and all of your questions as they pertain to the Carolina Panthers. And I'm sure you have plenty of questions throughout the rest of the weeks ahead as Cam Newton is now the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And I hope I did a good job this week of sifting through some of the questions that you guys asked because a lot of them were about Sam Darnold and complaining about him, but he's no longer our problem. Sam Darnold's certainly done here in Carolina. If that wasn't already apparent once he got injured, it's certainly now apparent with Cam Newton here. And 
Here's the thing that was interesting to me, too, before we get into questions. Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer have very different approaches when it comes to their press conferences. Matt Rule never wants to t- speak in hypotheticals or kind of answer the obvious questions. When he was asked, is Cam Newton coming here to start? He's just talking about how, you know, maybe, I don't know, yada, yada, yada. And that's not, I mean, basically, that's what he's saying. He's just not committing to whatever. It's like, you guys didn't sign Cam Newton to be the backup. And Scott Fitterer said, Cam's here and expecting to play. Like, we brought Cam here to play. Cam Newton's the starting quarterback as soon as he's ready to go. Will he have a package on Sunday against the Cardinals? We will see. Uh, Jonathan Jones, who is now with CBS Sports, used to be the observer, beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers prior to spending some time at Sports Illustrated. He thinks that Cam Newton will probably be active. Uh, I've already said, and the Carolina Panthers already said, that P.J. Walker will get to start on Sunday if Cam Newton is is active and he's able to go in there. I don't want to just see him for a package. I understand that he's got to learn the offense, and I think that's probably the main reason why he's obviously not going to start on Sunday, considering the time Matt Rule spoke to the media on the podium on Thursday afternoon. Cam hadn't even pass his physical yet, let alone sign a deal. He was going to be here. He knew that. So it's very hard. Uh, Cam spent a lot of time Thursday evening um, talking to the coaching staff and trying to figure out how he can learn the offense right away so he's available at least next week when Ron Rivera comes back home to play the Carolina Panthers, the Washington football team, which also will be Cam Newton's debut back at Bank of America Stadium. But don't get it twisted. He is he's a starting quarterback when he's ready, whether it's going to be Washington or a week later down to Miami. I hope I think it's gonna be Washington. That makes perfect sense. You give him what nine, ten days, whatever it is, to figure out the offense, and he's gonna have a full week of practice next week. PJ Walker doesn't need to get any reps. I don't care how well he plays on Sunday. He can go out there and throw for four hundred yards. He, I don't care. And all the Panther fans don't care either. Like, do any of you want to see PJ Walker, even if he has like a historic performance? Do you really want to see him starting now? F-150 and the Cam haters probably were going to be are probably not happy at all that Cam Newton's back. They thought they had finally rid themselves of him. They had Sam Darnold to be here to save them, but did not. He didn't save anybody. Sam Darnold's career is effectively over. I'm curious to see what the Carolina Panthers do with his deal. Scott Fitter did mention that they're going to have to figure something out there when it comes to Sam uh, this offseason, and we'll also see what they do with Cam Newton. They've yet to sign him to or they not they're not really have the conversations in terms of what the future looks like here in Carolina for Cam if there even is a future and it depends on how he plays over the next couple of weeks as the Carolina Panthers have brought him in hoping that he can save the season. Will he save the season? I don't know. The offensive line struggles are something that's going to be here the rest of the season. And we've spoken about this throughout the season how it's just not going to be fixed. And it does not help when you have Three offensive linemen on IR currently, and one of them being designated to return, and Deontay Brown, who hasn't played at all this season. But Matt Paradis is out for the rest of the season, so he's done. Hopefully, Pat Elfline can fill in there at center. Then we got Cam Irving on IR for the next couple weeks, so Dennis Daly is going to get the first crack at it at left tackle this Sunday. Michael Jordan's filled in very well at left guard. Matt Rules love what he's done so far. And then at right guard, you're going to also have Trent Scott. Maybe Brady Christensen gets an opportunity there. And then the only guy that you really can depend on still is Taylor Milton at right tackle. So the offensive line is still a problem. And it's very hard to have success in the National Football League, particularly against the defense that the Carolina Panthers are going to be going up against in the final half of the season. At Arizona on Sunday, at Buffalo, Tampa twice, New Orleans, who will absolutely be healthier than they were a couple or early on in the season, week two, and the Panthers were able to beat them at home. That's going to be tough. And even Washington has the skill players on a defensive line. They haven't played the way that they should have, at least the uh, defensive players, um, not skill players, but the defensive linemen. They haven't played up to their standard this year and up to their talent level. 
So watch out for that the rest of the way. But Cam Newton's someone who's shown that he can overcome it. And he has way more weapons on the outside than he has ever had in his career at Carolina. So you're hoping that now that can balance in if Cam can be the player, at least he was last year at times in New, in New England when he played well. And there's got to be good football left in him. If they didn't think there was good football left in Cam Newton, they wouldn't bring him in here. And the fact that they at least had a two-month relationship with Cam when Matt Rule took over the job and when Cam is rehabbing, that helps to where they understand like who what he's about whether teams out there in the national football, he didn't want to sign them. They have all these misconceptions about Cam being selfish and not being a team guy. And they don't think he can fit in in terms of being a ancillary figure. And it's very hard for Cam Newton to kind of not attitude, but just the kind of person he is. And it's not a negative. And I hate that it's been perceived as a negative by so many of these teams. Like everybody's going to rally around him. Stephon Gilmore talked about the energy DJ Moore talked about the energy, and he said, you know, some people think he's going to be playing around. Like, no, he's serious. That's just how he gets himself going. So Cam Newton's going to bring back some life into this organization in terms of the play on the field. Hopefully it will be up to the standards that we all want to see and what we've seen in the past with Cam. He's also going to invigorate the fan base, which we've already seen so far as the ticket prices have gone up on the secondary market for Ron Rivera's return home and Cam Newton's second debut as a Carolina Panthers starting quarterback next weekend at Bank of America Stadium. But in the meantime, Sunday afternoon, facing off against the Arizona Cardinals, Brian Burns looks like he's going to be a go. It would be awesome, awesome to see the Carolina Panthers steal this game on Sunday. But unfortunately, I do not think that's going to be the case. But at 4-6, and six, coming back home, no reason to panic when you got Cam coming in here. A very winnable game against Washington. You got Miami on the road, a very winnable game there. Hopefully, you get a 6-6 six and six going into the bye week. Cam gets even more um, ingratiated within the offense and the scheme. Come back, beat the Falcons. You're 7-6 and six with four games left to play. You got to feel good about their position if they can get there. Now, that's a big if. That's a big if. Cam has to play up to standards and has to be good enough. But the defense... I mean, he doesn't have to be really good enough. Like, he just has to be a lot, be better than what they had in Darnold and what they're probably going to get out of PJ Walker on Sunday. And with this defense, the Panthers are going to have an opportunity to win games in the second half of the season. Okay, let's uh, do a quick pause here. Then on the other side, it's Friday. Let me answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll always have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping out on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. So that's your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect today did someone say locked on panthers watch party i'm loving it Woo! we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Alrighty, alrighty, alright, let's get into it. It's another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Let's go ahead and start off with Noah this week, who says, My question for the pod 
even if Cam isn't great, are we losing anything in this? Better than any other option right now, and if he can just be average, isn't that a positive? Yes, anybody other than Cam Newton would have been the worst possible option for the Carolina Panthers, even if Sam Darnold was still healthy. I do wonder, though, if Sam Darnold was still healthy, if they would go out here and make this move. Probably not. They would probably stick with Sam and hope that they could, I don't know, coach him to competency, which is what they believe that they could do when they failed through the first nine weeks of the season. I don't ever want to celebrate an injury. And I always hated Sam Darnold coming here, and I knew this is how it was going to end. So at least I was right on that, pat on the back, even if I was epically wrong about them bringing back Cam Newton. It evens out in the end, folks. Um, But, like, Sam wasn't going to do anything, and it helped them to be able to get the opportunity to ask Cam, like, hey, we need you back, and Sam's gone, and we messed up, and yada, yada, yada. Can you please save us? And Cam, it's like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not going to do it for free. So if anything, it cost them $6 million and then potentially four more million, and that's kind of money that they could have rolled over to the cap next year, and it will be interesting to see how things play out with Cam Newton if he does play to the level where the Carolina Panthers want to invest in him past this season. You still got $18.858 million invested in Sam Darnold. It's going to be very hard to get rid of that deal. They could maybe do something like what the the Browns and the Texans did a couple years ago when Brock Osweiler signed that four-year deal with Houston, and they realized, like, this guy stinks. And then they did a whole – they did, like, a NBA salary dump whole deal with the Browns who had plenty of salary cap, and they also were able to get a draft pick. But the Panthers don't have any other draft capital to be giving up. But if they do – have Cam Newton playing at a level where they think he can be the starter for multiple years past the season, then it really doesn't hurt because everyone's been talking about using a first round pick potentially on a quarterback, maybe or on an offensive lineman. They can maybe still keep the first round pick and kind of say goodbye to some of the other picks that they have maybe in 2023. And that might work out. I don't know. But if, yeah, they don't, they're not losing anything. It's a win-win for the Panthers a win-win for Cam. He gets another opportunity. I was honestly sitting here thinking he wasn't getting another opportunity because just the league just does not believe that he's a guy who's going to come in and just, you know, be one of the guys. They think he's just going to take over and he's going to have to be a starter. And I just don't believe that's the case. And he said, it's not the case that he can come in and he can be a backup. He would have backed up Mac Jones. He would have supported Mac Jones, but based off of just how much respect those guys in the Patriots locker room had for him, the Patriots did not believe it was a tenable situation and it was going to allow Mac to be the leader of that organization. I know a lot of people don't have anything nice to say about Mac Jones this week, but that's just kind of how it works out. Think back to when Cam was here the first time, which is so weird. We're saying the first time, but early in his career, Steve Smith was a dominating presence in that locker room, had been a leader for the Carolina Panthers for a decade. He was one of the faces of the franchise, but you bring in Cam, him and Steve, their relationship was Rocky, and that's that's the honest truth, and you can probably ask Steve about it, and he would say that same thing. We all know this; it's well documented. They they had a rocky relationship when Cam was young, and it helped for Cam to be able to be the leader of the team when the Panthers moved on from Steve Smith. Now, the way that they did it wasn't the right way to do it, but they moved on to allow Cam and then allow Luke Keekley and those kind of guys to be the leaders. So that's what they want to do in New England. So I'm happy that Cam is getting the opportunity here in Carolina. It's only it's a win for him. It's a win for the team, and Hopefully, and it's a win for the fans in the city. The morale is up. And we, we talk about it. I bring up the morale like every single week because the way that we evaluate and break down the NFL, it's just, it's the end of the world after one day. Every single day is wild, especially here lately in Carolina. It's just like, hey, step back, week to week league. 
Like one weekend can be great. The next weekend can be fine. It's just there's the peaks and valleys, the ebbs and flows of a season. Let's all just try and look at it with some perspective. And I was last week, I was like, they're done. They're not going to the playoffs, especially like with the quarterback situation was then. Now it's like, yeah, I think it's still on the table. I don't know whether they're going to go to the playoffs or not. I certainly hope so. But this is definitely a win-win for both Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, Noah. Uh, Go to Jake. He said, here's something for the mailbag uh, to consider. If the front office brings, brings back Cam... They can't possibly get away with another messy breakup without being run out of town. What would the end of relationship part two look like? Would Cam Wilfrey retire after the season or next? Would he even want to stick around a bridge to a potential rookie? Not to be not to put a damper on things, but another sticky situation could lie ahead. And that's that's true, Jake. And I didn't really want to get into it during the reaction podcast. Also, I was just so excited that he was here. But you're right. And it's a valid thing to bring up. And it's also why I was kind of not thinking he would come here. Because, okay, he comes to Carolina. What happens if he stinks? Then we got to go through this all again. Fans were excited. Like, oh, Cam's back. And there's always there's always thought that, oh, I mean, Cam, a healthy Cam's better than what a health or a half, whatever, Cam half of what he used to be is, is better than a healthy PJ Walker or Sam Darnold. Like, hopefully, what if he's not? What if he's worse? Then you got to sit there and watch him deteriorate again. We already went through that back in 2018. It's just, I don't want to do that again. And hopefully that's not going to be the case. Hopefully Cam goes out there and plays well. And I think he will play well well enough to, give, to keep this team alive and give them an opportunity to be a playoff team. And will they be able to make a run in the playoffs? I mean, it'll be tough. They got to get that six seed because beating a, being the seven seed, that could mean playing LA on the road, playing Tampa on the road, playing Green Bay. Like that's, those are not places that you want to be in. And that, it might still mean the same thing even if you're the six seed. Like they, I don't know if they're going to win a division. Uh, it's going to be pretty tough to do that. But they got Tampa Bay twice or 2-0 in a division right now. So it's certainly not off the table uh, with this defense and Cam Newton coming back. But what does it look like if they have to part ways? Um, I think it's just at least they're giving him an opportunity. That's the thing. Like they didn't give him an opportunity last season to prove that he was still healthy. And Matt Rule said it was a football decision. Like they had concerns about his shoulder health and all that. And I can understand that too. And I can understand that maybe they want to go out there and get his own guy. And Matt Rule had said, like Evan Cooper, the uh, secondary coach, had told him, like, when you go to the NFL, like, we got to get Teddy Bridgewater. He already knew going into it, he wanted to get Teddy Bridgewater. He already knew he wanted to get Joe Brady. And Bridgewater and Brady had been in New Orleans together, and Bridgewater knew the offense. So it made a ton of sense for them to do that. Just the way they went about it, that they had the whole the offseason drama about Cam's shoulder and his rehab, and it's sponsored by Honeywell. Like, what the hell is that? And then they say that, oh, we're allowing Cam to seek a trade and only for Cam to go on Instagram and tell them, no, that's not what I wanted. This is y'all. Like, this is not me wanting to leave. Y'all want to get rid of me. And then when they did it, teams had already signed quarterbacks. They do it at the end of free agency, at least when all the quarterback money's already been spent. So they didn't even give him an opportunity to go find a new home as a free agent. So... If they want to get rid of him, get rid of him like right away. Like give him an opportunity to go out there and to try and seek a new home instead of the way they went about things last time. Don't use a drama of the situation for some YouTube video that can be sponsored by Honeywell or Lowe's or whatever. Don't do stuff like that. Just be normal about it. Like treat him with some damn respect, which they didn't do. And I don't think he's going to retire after the season. Cam Newton, he said earlier this year that he felt like there's not 32 guys better than him. And he's only, what, 32 years old? I understand it. Or his body might be physically. He might be older than that, technically. But no, I think Cam still is going to have a couple more years here, especially if he plays well to play in the National Football League. So I don't see him, you know, retiring after this year. But, you know, give him an opportunity to at least go find a home and don't, don't drag it out like they did last time. 
Um, okay, Alex. Uh, any chance the Panthers look for outside help with the offense line? Maybe the rent-to-tackle. The rent-to-tackle, Russell Okung, who no one has signed because he's old. He missed like half the season last year, and he's just okay and hasn't been healthy the last couple seasons. So, no, I don't think Okung's going to help the Carolina Panthers. And I don't know who's really available right now on the offensive line. Here's the thing, too. Like, Deontay Brown hasn't played a game. He's been active once, but he has not played a game yet. He's coming off of IR. He at least can help in terms of depth. You're going to get Cam Irving back at some point in time. Um, you're also going to get... Uh, who's the other offensive line who's who's on IR? Who at least he can come back? Let's see. Sorry, guys. Let me go through my notes here. Um, you're also going to get back... John Miller. So that's another starting offensive lineman. You're going to get two offensive line starters back. And who's, let's see how Dennis Daly performs. I just think the offensive line is what it is at this point. The Panthers, I'm sure they try to go trade for somebody, didn't make a trade, and this is just what they're stuck with. And hopefully Cam can overcome it and avoid injury because these guys are not good at all. All right, going to take a quick pause here, then answer more of your Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now by using promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, back to your Friday mailbag questions. I actually love this one uh, because Panthers Twitter was clamoring for weeks for Cam Newton to get re-signed. Tanner asked, <laughs> if the Panthers sign Cam and he stinks, which I have to have no reason to believe he won't, will Panthers Twitter have to cease to exist? Simply, yes. <laughs> Would, re- would really be really bad for the fan base. That would really suck for a lot of people involved. Uh, Eric, hi, Julian. Question for the Friday mailbag, and it's what's on everybody's mind right now. How do you think Cam Newton feels about Mac Jones twisting Burns' ankle? I'm joking, but you know someone's going to ask that if Cam's first press availability. I um, also would like to know, what who who do you have uh, the bets out on and who's going to do that? What's the odds? Like David Newton's got to be the top of the list, right? David Newton read to put Clant uh, came through the blender with his questions. Uh, David Newton, I think Brett Jensen, those seem like the two guys. No, on all due respect to him, of course, uh, those seem like the two guys who would ask that question. So, um, I, I mean, Cam Cam knows Mac personally, unlike the rest of these guys. So, I don't think he's going to go out there and say anything negative about Mac Jones. He might 
you know, in private, have a conversation with Burns and the rest of those guys. But he's not going to go out there at the podium and, and trash um, Mac Jones at all. So don't expect that to happen. I don't think that's what you're expecting, but I don't think he's going to say anything <clears throat> negative about Mac Jones. Okay, let's see. Some that were from earlier in the week here. Zach, why is Joe Brady untouchable? Good question. The guy has never ran an offense. He was passing game, blah, blah, blah at LSU. <laughs> and since then, the national guys anoint him as an offensive genius. This offense has been atrocious since his first day. Accountability. This is a great opportunity for Joe Brady. Joe Brady now has a weapon like he's never had at the quarterback position here in Carolina. And he's only been here for... What are we at? They played nine games, 25 games so far. So it's not like a large sample size. But this Cam, Cam ain't Teddy Bridgewater. He damn sure ain't Sam Darnold. And he's not P.J. Walker. This is the – this man's a beast. I'm very interested to see what he's able to do with Cam. And this is also a great opportunity for Joe Brady to prove that it's not his offense. And there's been questions out there. And I had Ellis Williams on of The Observer the other day. And he talked about how he believes Joe Brady's one-dimensional. And in terms of being an OC and a play caller, this is a chance for him to prove that's not the case and that teams haven't figured out his offense, that it's the quarterback, not him. And there's a great conversation and argument to be said that it's all Sam Darnold. That's the reason why they've struggled because the offensive line still terrible, same weapons. What's changed? The quarterback. They had success last year with Teddy. Now in the red zone and other situations like in a two-minute drill and then trying to go and win and tie games, they failed epically there. Cam Newton's proven throughout his career he's pretty damn good in the red zone, and he's pretty good when it comes to comebacks. Darnold never proved that. Teddy's never proven that. So I think Joe Brady has an opportunity here, if the offense can start clicking again, to show that, hey, it wasn't me. It was Darnold. So big-time opportunity for Joe Brady. If he doesn't, then they need to find a new OC. Um, William. Love the podcast, especially due to the brutal honesty. Thanks, William. Uh, William, obviously. We see how Rule hasn't been the best evaluator of quarterbacks based on his first two quarterback choices. Choices, three, if you include cutting Cam. How can we as a fan base or Tepper trust that he can make a good decision on our next quarterback? Well, you give him a, a uh, gold star for this one for bringing back Cam. But eventually, Cam Newton's not going to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina. And it's it's a conversation we got to have. Because if, okay, Cam comes here to Carolina, bails out Rule, they get... Maybe let's say they get four or five good years, rules still the head coach, and then Cam leaves. And then they get another quarterback. And if that guy stinks, then does David Tepper think back to what happened early on in rules regime and be like, mm, I don't know, this guy obviously can't evaluate quarterbacks. We need to move on. So I don't have any trust in Matt Rule or the organization when it comes to whatever they're going to do this offseason, whether – I mean, if Cam's great, then they, then they have no choice. But if he's bad and they got to move on, I have no faith in their ability to bring in a new quarterback who's going to be any good. I seriously don't. Maybe if the Watson stuff gets figured out, but I have no faith in them at all. They give me no reason to. All right, Brody. Hey, Julian. Hey, Brody. So Scott Fitter went out and got a new kicker that can actually perform well out of frustration from Joey Sly. Well, won't he do that for our offense, offensive line, and quarterback? Well, quarterback, he's done that. Um, offense, he has done that. I mean, you got Terrace Marshall, a drafted offensive lineman. Uh, the O-line, though, it just, I guess, and I've said this, I think I said this earlier, too, in the podcast, like earlier this week, we can sit there and hate the moves for Cam Irving and Pat Alphine, which I do, but you have to give him credit that, I don't know how Alphine's going to play on Sunday at center or the rest of the year at center, but you can also, you can give him a little bit of credit, though, that they 
in them choosing versatility over just being purely good at one position. It has put them in a position where you lose your starting center, but you have another guy who has experience at that position, and you're not overly concerned about that. I think this offseason he will get it fixed. I believe in Scott Fitter. Don't believe in Matt Rule um, in terms of just player evaluation. Kevin says, hey, Julian, got a question for the Friday mailbag. With the strength of the team being the defense, how realistic do you think it is that we can keep the nucleus together going forward? I know we'd have to pay Hassan and Dante and DJ Moore for that matter. Big money and Burns is also in his last year of his contract next season. I know we have we are in good cap shape this season, but with Darnold's cap hit being much higher next year, how realistic is it to get all the young defensive studs paid? Really appreciate the work you do, man. Keep pounding. Keep pounding to you too, Kevin. Yeah, and it can get complicated. And it's, I asked this about Sam Darnold earlier in the year. It's like, okay, well, what if Sam Darnold's good? Then what do you do in terms of like the quarterback money? Because Scott Fitterer says that he has a plan. Okay, was Cam Newton now a part of this plan? Was Sam Darnold having that $18.8 million cap hit? Is that Was that part of the plan? Because that's going to be something they're going to have to deal with, as you brought up there, um, Kevin. So, and then with Cam, if Cam plays well, he's going to want a big contract. And quarterback money... For a guy like Cam Newton, you're gonna have to pay him at least 30 mil a year. Like he's not gonna, they're not gonna pay him no Teddy Bridgewater money. He ain't taking that, especially when he's gonna be a free agent. And they can try to do the franchise tag if they want. Cam ain't gonna go for that. So they're gonna have to pay him at least 30 million dollars. Now you're looking at 48 million dollars tied up to the quarterback position. I don't know how they're gonna get away from the Sam Darnold thing because you bring in Cam Sue, and if he plays well, then teams are gonna know. There's no way you can get rid of him unless it's a salary dump. And you're giving up more assets with the Carolina Panthers cannot afford to do. What it probably means is if you think back to kind of the Hornet sense of it, remember when they couldn't bring back Kimba Walker, which is of course helped worked in the end with LaMelo ball here in Charlotte, they couldn't bring it in large part because of the contracts that they had the Nick Batum and Marvin Williams and MKG and Cody Zeller. Like that's going to be the same deterrent here in Carolina with Sam Darnold. That $18.8 million dollars, is money that they could use to fit in Hassan Reddick. If he if he's got 20 sacks over the last two seasons, or he, what, 21 sacks over the last two seasons, he's going to want to get a bag. Is going to be $18 million a year? I don't know. That's going to hurt them. I don't see them being able to retain Hassan Reddick, Stephon Gilmore, and Dante Jackson. Like, one or two's got to go. That's the thing. Like, they're not, it's just not, I don't think, even if they had the money, I just don't know if it's possible. Now, Scott's a smart guy. Tampa Bay was able to bring back everybody last year. The salary cap is a lie. Uh, as Marcus Spears says, the salary cap is cap. So we'll see. Scott's smart, but it's hard to believe that they're going to be able to keep everybody um, on that defense. Either way, they still got Burns under a rookie deal. It's coming up this May. Uh, next May, whatever, he's going to have, they're going to exercise his fifth-year option. No no concern about that. They can pass the buck with that. DJ's going to have to get an extension, but um, other defensive players like Derek Brown, he's not coming anywhere near getting a new contract. Uh, Jeremy Chin was a, uh, a second-round pick, so he does not have that fifth-year option. So next year will be his third year. So he'll have to get something done this offseason afterwards with him and probably with Burns as well. So there's some of those younger guys that are nucleus you don't have to worry about, but the Gilmores of it, um, the Dante Jacksons, and they still have Bouye for another year, so they can probably afford to let go one of those corners and then pay Bouye basically nothing again next season. And he's played well, so I don't think it's really they're in that. And they got C.J. Henderson, so they can afford to let go of a Dante Jackson or a Stephon Gilmore. It just kind of depends on which one they'd rather let go. 
the older, more experienced, better player or the younger player who's ascending? We will see. All right, David. Uh, so here's a Friday mailbag question for you. The Panthers D is seventh in sacks, third in pass D, 12th in rush D, and second in overall yards. But the offense is first in interceptions, 21 in total yards, 25 in pass yards, and second in penalties. Does Tepper, as an impatient as he is, fire Roland Brady after this year, even with the contracts? No, I think, especially now bringing back Cam Newton, Matt Rule is going to be safe for the rest of the year. Brady, though, if the offense continues to stink, he's gone. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, all right, let's see more. Another Steven. Okay, Steven. Only got a couple more here. Steven said, good morning or good afternoon, whenever. Good morning to you, Steven, or good afternoon, good night. I, I don't know. This is a question I have for your mailbag, and it might be a long one, but during the draft season, I know you were huge on, you were, I wasn't huge on Rashawn Slater, but you said, you know, I know you were huge on Rashawn Slater, as I was too in, prefer, in preferred fields. I also, I was also huge on Trey Smith. The sixth rounder that the Chiefs got, who was out of Tennessee, Creed Humphrey, who are both now really good players for the Chiefs. Regardless, the front office went with Sam Darnold, a player who has never once been good in the league and has proven it even further how terrible he is. My question is, if people like me and you can see the obvious talent in certain players, why can't the people that get paid six figures see it? Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Well, this I wasn't big on Slater. I just, things I had read that people thought he was going to be a guard. I, I didn't know he was going to go out here and be a awesome left tackle like I didn't see that happening his rookie year I, I didn't know so if I couldn't see that Steven if I did know that I'd have been pounding for Slater there at eight I wanted Pade Sewell and I think he's gonna be a really good player hasn't played as well as, as uh, Slater has so far this season but I think both of them are gonna be really good in the, the, the Trey Smith thing I've seen people bring this up okay Trey Smith was a five-star recruit out of the state of Tennessee and like used to live in Nashville used to cover the Vols a little bit so I'm pretty familiar with the program and what's gone up there, gone on with up there with him. He had a blood clot issue, which kept him out for a full season. So the medicals, like Trey Smith's a first round talent, but the medical concern when you have an issue like that, especially when you're young, is going to be hard for any team to want to go invest in. Now the Chiefs felt like they could take a take a chance on him because they still had um, the doctor coming back who they traded last week to the Jets, I believe. Um, who had opt out the year before, but it was a part of their Super Bowl winning offensive line. So they felt like they could take a chance and bring in Chase Smith. He comes in, he, he's healthy, he plays well. And he did a great job also evaluating Creed Humphrey, who was someone who a lot of people had a lot of value on as far as an offensive guard. So credit the Chiefs and what they've been able to do. I don't know how much that has to do with the Carolina Panthers, at least with the Trey Smith thing, because I don't know if they were willing to take a risk. I mean, they took a risk on a guy like Deontay Brown, so you maybe would think, why the hell wouldn't you take a risk on Trey Smith, who's a better player? But they didn't. And look, we we can Monday morning quarterback it all the time. Like, that's kind of what my job is here with the podcast. And that's why I ask you guys your your question. Like, it's a valid question. As you look at it, Pat offline Cam Irving, like they're both going to stink. So why would they bring him here? I, I don't know. It, but again, like I pointed out just a few moments ago, they actually made a good decision, at least the offline thing, is that now you have a guy who's starting the league at center who can start the last couple weeks of the center position because Paradis is out for the year. All right. Two more. Carolyn. Hey, Julian, thanks for all that you've done to love with the podcast. Thank you, Carolyn. I love listening under your regime. That kind of makes me sound like a dictator, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, she said, feel free to ignore if this has been covered in an episode I missed. We all know football is a contact sport and getting hurt is unavoidable to an extent, but any opinion as to whether the new playing surface could be contributing to injuries this season, or am I just reinforcing the narrative I've had in my head since they announced a new field? It's funny and interesting that you bring that up. You look at the injury that Shaq sustained in Dallas, 
probably has to do something with the, the field turf. Definitely in Houston when it comes to J.C. Horn. The Panthers haven't had an injury like that here yet. I don't know what Matt Parrott is. I, don't, I never saw a replay. I don't need to see a replay. The guy's tearing their ACLs. I don't know what happened there. Maybe that's an instance. But the Panthers haven't had any of their issues happen on their field. It's also new. And I believe Shaq Thompson was saying that the Carolina Panther or that the Dallas Cowboys need to do something about the field turf in terms of getting a new field turf and updating it. But because it is new field turf and it's barely been used outside of the app ECU game when the Panthers have played and then the Georgia Clemson game, then maybe they haven't had to worry too much about those injuries. But you look at Houston, who's had it for a long time, and I'm sure they've changed it up through the years and in Dallas as well, that maybe they need to get a new carpet there. Than what they have currently, so that's actually not a bad question at all, Carolyn. And I haven't talked, I haven't talked about it, but it's interesting that like they have had those injuries that probably are attributed to it, but it hasn't happened on their field so far. And knock on wood, it doesn't. Final question here from Sam. Hopefully not Sam Darnold. Uh, looking ahead into the next draft, do you think we put our focus on offensive linemen and no quarterback, or using our first round pick on a quarterback and worrying about the offensive linemen via free agency and late draft? I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> I've been saying this for like four straight years. Give me an offensive lineman first round. We'll see what happens to the quarterback market. I do not believe still that they're going to want to get a rookie quarterback. I just don't think David Tepper is willing to wait, especially if they are another lose. If they ended up not getting things for out Cam Newton, I, I, I want an offensive lineman and I think they're going to try and figure out who they can get. Who's a veteran in free agency. They're going to try and go down that route again, opposed to drafting and developing. That's what I think they're going to do. Like if they were going to draft and develop, they would have already done that by now. I just don't think that's what they want to do uh, currently. So we'll see how things play out. But offensive line, I think that's probably the priority for the Carolina Panthers. And hopefully it's a priority for Cam Newton as a Carolina Panthers starting quarterback moving into 2022. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions like I just did. So at me or DM me, but don't get crazy. Thanks again, guys, for listening. What a fun week. What a fun time here in Carolina. Panthers play the Cardinals on Sunday. I will talk to you Sunday evening or Monday morning whenever you listen to that show. Take care. Have a great weekend. Talk to you then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.